T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Bears, 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 bears. Football, football, football. You know what? I'd like to say you're wrong, Molly, but you're not wrong very often. David Hall. That was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to get an answer just as good. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score. Eddie, do you plan on watching this game tonight with Kaner? I mean... Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I mean, probably, you know, I would imagine knowing knowing our home as well as I do, I would imagine it'll be, you know, there'll probably be a little bit of grumbling going on when people are watching them wear the Ranger sweaters, uh, the Blackhawk sweaters. The stage that has seen a galaxy of stars and with a twinkle in his eye, Patrick Kane has turned a Thursday night in March into a starry night in New York. His first steps into a new world, ready to raise eyebrows and hopes and perhaps in a few months, a Stanley Cup. And- here comes Patrick Kane, number 88, and the fans see it. What a moment it has to be oh, for him, Joe. I mean, a standing ovation. You know, I give a lot of credit to Chris Drury. I think he was great with everything and, and patient with everything, as well as, uh, as well as Kyle Davidson. So, just happy to be in the situation I'm in. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. And we miss you. I miss you. Yeah. On 670 The Score. <laughs> Let's go. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. Not quite the goal, the brace, the hat trick that you were hoping for from Patrick Kane, but he had four shots. Morning, Mully. But it's Friday. Rangers we made lost. it. The Rangers lost. Yeah, Rangers lost to the Senators. That's not a game that you expected yeah. them to lose. Patrick Kane makes his New York debut. Showtime hits Broadway, and... It was a little disappointing. That was a great intro for Patrick Kane. That was great anticipation and excitement in New York City. I watched the post-game show on the MSG Network oh, when I got home. How did they break him down? Well, I think that they're they're excited, but it's, it's tempered enthusiasm. I think they want to see just what he's going to bring. I think they're going to be patient to a point, but it was a reminder that he's going to New York. 
New Yorkers, the media, the people, the market, whatever the case may be, I don't know that they're going to be as patient and forgiving as some markets would be, say, here in Chicago. So I think Patrick Kane understands that. (laughs) He's going to have to produce. Now, he's rusty. You saw that. He hadn't played in eight days. New line mates, new teammates, new team. It's going to be fun to watch. I enjoyed watching him, even though it was odd seeing him wearing blue, number 88. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's really strange, but um, good luck to him. I, I, would, I would go so far as to say, and I'm not sure if we're going to discuss this or not, but I have a feeling I'm going to be watching the Rangers more than the Blackhawks, and that is more born of the fact that the Rangers will have significantly more games and significant games. So I think a playoff series is worth watching. I don't know that I think the Blackhawks are worth watching. They they lost themselves. They are lost. I mean, they really don't have anybody left, right? They pretty much – today is the trade deadline, 2 p.m. Can they squeeze out another draft pick somehow? Is there anyone left to give away? It's really discouraging uh, to, to watch this happen. And, and even though – I understand it. I understand the need to start over and to strip down and to accumulate draft picks. And what do they have now? Mm -hmm. They've got all these first and second round picks over the next several years. Um, I I just don't know they had to go this complete of a teardown. They have – Oh, while while you slept, Max Domi was the latest yeah. to leave, second yeah. round draft pick, and you look at now he's he's leaving the the Hawks. They bring up Lucas Reichel. Lucas Reichel is here only as until the Rockford Ice Hogs need him for the playoff run. He's going back to the AHL. My my question would be to Lucas Reichel: How can you tell the difference between your two teams? The other team is better. <laughs> And it's just one of these things that uh, I guess it is the nature of pro sports and everybody wants to uh, celebrate that they are accumulating these draft picks and starting over and maybe putting themselves in a position to get Connor Bedard. If they do that, if they pull this off, it's a different tenor of a conversation. It's a different tone. Haven't yet. So until they do, I'm just looking at this and like, looking around this is hard to watch i'm gonna watch more rangers games and blackhawks games sure there's no way around there's there's 21 blackhawks games left yeah nine home games yeah if i'm rocky Wirtz, and and i say this it's close the concessions well no i I would offer half price concessions i I was making a joke yeah i was joking that no one would go (laughs) well I, i would make everything half price i would have free parking I would make your seats upgradable at no cost. I would do something that shows your fan base that you understand that you're not putting out a product that is Chicago quality. That is, this is not an NHL product. This is embarrassing. It's one goal. Stop the bleeding. Yeah, that's a good point, David. I mean, listen, it it would be, you know, throw a bone to kind of make amends for – Whatever this is. I'm tired of this whole idea that we should be congratulating them for conceding. Yeah, I, I was I told you yesterday I finally like went and took a look at the draft picks and all that stuff. They got a lot of draft picks. 
they got a ton of draft picks. You know, that's great. That's really good. Come back in three years. Maybe they'll have a team. It's just they had a good draft last year. Okay. They'll have a good draft maybe. All right. This is still – this is not like you draft someone and they're right there. Maybe Connor Bedard. Maybe they get lucky. Maybe that's already arranged. They're going to freeze the envelope like uh, – Pat Ewing going to the Knicks. I don't know. There's no guarantee. No, there's no guarantee. There's not a guarantee that you're going to get that player who will change the direction of whatever franchise he joins. There's no doubt about that. He's going to do that. But you don't have him yet. And maybe you put yourself in the best position to do that. Right. But it's it's but a they're gonna lose a definite lot. maybe. They're going to lose a lot. And, and the result that you saw yesterday, I don't know. How they're gonna? They're they're they've been like pillaged. They have been. It's it's not just a a, a rebuild. It's still a teardown. I mean, this is there. There has been an excavation well, that has taken place. There's nobody really left to trade, and there's nobody of any consequence left on right. the ice. And this is a, it resembles. The, the Rockford Ice Hogs, the Chicago Wolves, the Chicago Blackhawks. You look at the talent that is on those rosters, and right. the Blackhawks may have more experience NHL-wise, but there's not a big difference, and the gap isn't as wide as you would expect. And, and that, to me, is understandable, I suppose, but they, they were going in this direction. You look at the amount of talent that has been traded away, and it is just so disconcerting. And yeah, the trade, the, the the draft picks they've accumulated over the next three years with first round draft picks, six in the first round, and 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 all of those in the second round, and so I I understand what is ahead, and maybe you can package those and get talent back, like I think Eddie O alluded to yeah. yesterday, but it seems like a long way, and you we're, we're trusting people who haven't done it before. Yeah, I, it just seems like a long way. Now, maybe they get lucky, and maybe if they get that young kid, everybody will be all worked up and everything will work out. Or maybe you wind up with a first-round pick and you don't have a lot of people that are really willing to give you the world for it, and you're kind of stuck a little bit. Um, boy, you, you, there are some really impressive times and uh, statistics coming out of the uh, of the combine. You know, we'll see if it, if it's just like a really fast track but I suspect there are really good athletes at the defensive line and the linebacker position. These are positions the Bears need. Obviously, everyone knows they need to rebuild the offense. They need to be good on offense. But the times that came out of the combine yesterday, some of them are just are jaw-dropping. Well, you look at uh, <laughs> it was a defensive lineman's day to run, and they ran like linebackers. Yes. And so – Looking down at Indy and seeing the the first wave of times coming, and there were several people and prospects who ran their way up the draft board, figuratively. I don't mean like literally. Yeah, it but I would. I, I like that. I, I like that image though of literally running up a draft board. <laughs> I'm just saying, um, you know, it could, I mean, these guys are defensive linemen. Nothing stops them in yeah, their exactly. path. But, there they go. Boom. But I would. I would recommend, and I would reiterate, and make sure you put an exclamation point after it. All that should be is confirmation of the tape. The tape is king. The performance is king. If a guy 
is running like uh, he's the flash, you better make sure that he played that way, right? So when you see a really good, productive player run a mind-boggling time, that's good. Well, that is really good. That's confirmation. But it's how you play that matters. It, it, that's it's always going to be done. the case. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. I think, though, what happens is that a guy like, let's say, Kalijah Chan- Cansey, okay, from Pitt, ACC Defensive Player of the Year, Great the guy whose who's measurables – uh, and because of his alma mater, uh, draw comparisons to Aaron Donald. I, I don't want to go there, but that's that's what faster than Aaron Donald. Well, he broke his record for defensive tackles, the, and that was the record that he broke yesterday at the combine, running what he ran. Apparently, the way it was reported, four six seven for a guy six feet, two hundred eighty pounds. He's moving, but I think what happens is that you knew already from the tape that this was somebody that could probably make the transition and play at an acceptable level. So maybe he was a a lower first round, early second type of guy on your board. What happens when, you know this because we've seen this, right or wrong, when he runs that fast, it does confirm what you see on tape, but it also excites these teams into thinking maybe he could be better than that. Well, I mean, so we'll take a chance on that. He's run up the board, as you said, right? I mean, he's now like a mid-first round pick, and who knows? He's like, if if you are – if you're having a difficult time choosing between two guys and one guy just ran a four six seven at that with that weight on him, yeah, I think he he nudges ahead a little bit. What was the first thing Matty Berflu said on the day he was hired? Get out your running shoes. I thought it was where's the dartboard? Okay. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. We'll get into all that. Stuff. Yeah. But the speed thing, you know speed kills and a lot of teams and a lot of executives and a lot of coaches will prioritize that over many things. And that will be also speed can blind evaluators into thinking that because someone is fast, that doesn't mean that it doesn't matter if they are late or immature or erratic boy, can he run? (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. So it's the, it's the great equalizer. And so when you see the times that came out of Indianapolis yesterday on the day that we saw the defensive lineman running, that is encouraging, it's exciting. And for, for a guy like Kalijah Cansey, yeah, that makes his combine week. For a guy like Will Anderson, it just confirms everything you thought you knew about him. Well, I mean, I think, I think with both guys, it confirms the tape. I think both those guys have played very well in their college careers. And when you see a guy run like that, then, as you say, that raises the prospect he may be even better. You know, the, the thing about uh, Will Anderson, and, and you heard uh, our, our guy um, Rick Spielman on yesterday with Mark Rohde, and Rick said that, when, you know, when you talk to the Alabama players, hey, if I'm building a Super Bowl team, you know, never mind the quarterback, who else would you want to bring with you to win a Super Who else is going to help us win a Super Bowl? Who else out of your program? And to a man, it, the answer was Will Anderson. Right. To a man. That is, you know, that's the kind of thing you do throughout the interview process. You talk to guys. You want to loosen them up. You want to get to the hard questions about something that they've got going. But you also want to pick their brains a little bit. You want them to show you how they play and why they play that way and what were they taught about that position. 
But you also want to ask him a couple questions about teammates and other guys and who was the hardest guy you played against. That sort of thing really can can give you other types of information that will help. It, I love the idea of interviewing every guy there and asking him who you bring him with you to win the Super Bowl. Great well, question. that's because you get a sense of what kind of impact one teammate has on another, yes. and that's how you define leadership. Right. And so when we're talking about the inevitable contrast between a prospect like Will Anderson and a prospect like Jalen Carter in Chicago, and you're weighing the pros and cons, and certainly with all of Jalen Carter's legal jeopardy and with all of Will Anderson's gravitas, it's impossible not to think that, boy, if you're Ryan Poles, you're going to leave Indianapolis if you're weighing those two factors and those two prospects against one another. I'm not sure there's a comparison, Molly, at this point in time. As we you know, get to the first week in March and 10 days away from free agency and the draft right around the corner, if based on what Will Anderson reaffirmed this week in Indianapolis, I would have to think that your, your thought process as, a, as the Bears general manager is, is he so good of a prospect that we don't even want to trade down because we don't want to miss out on a guy like this? I'm not saying that was what they do, yeah. but isn't that isn't that when you're driving away from Indianapolis one of the first things on your mind if you're Ryan Poles? I, I listen. They're on the clock, right? They control the first. They have the first pick of the whole draft, and they've kind of let it out that they're willing to trade it and they want to trade it. Whatever. They're not going to take a quarterback, so therefore, quarterbacks always go first. But I would say, David, that. If you really are trading out of that first pick, how far are you going? How long is Will Anderson lasting? So the latest news out of there is that there, you know, the Bears the quarterback will go one. Houston will probably take a quarterback. Next up is Arizona at three. Are they willing to trade out of that pick to let another team take a quarterback, or are they going to be able to grab Will Anderson? What, in other words. How do you, if you want that player, how far down can you go? How badly do you want the player? Well, that's the thing. That, that's what I don't know right now. Able, you might and, not be able to go down. And that's what I mean is that he has made such a strong impression. And maybe he just it, it reaffirmed again what right. we already knew about him. Yes. But I don't know if Bears fans would be disappointed based on the way that we have built up everything about this pick if people would be disappointed if the Bears actually stuck at number one, and use that selection to take Will Anderson. There would be, I think, some tempered enthusiasm, but I think there would be a sense of deflation because of what we continue to talk about and will discuss, the need to multiply that pick into several different assets, several different bodies. You have so much that you need, and I almost think that it's to the point where, boy, the Bears are so bad that maybe they can't get what's right in front of them. And what they need well, the that's, most, that's which the is a problem. leader. That is the problem. They really they need so much, they might not be able to take a guy that it could be the rookie of the year. Wouldn't that be a shame? I, I mean, okay, we're they, going they to – They have one pick in the first 50, three in the first 100. I know. Uh, and, I, and I say that today. We're thinking out loud. We're going to be thinking out loud up until April 27th. But today I am thinking out loud as if, boy – it would be such a shame if this guy is as good in the locker room as his 
uh, press conferences and interviews yes. suggest. Yes. If he's as explosive as his 40-time yes. underscores, and if he's as good on tape as he looked at Alabama, to pass him up just because the rest of your roster stinks, right now that's hard to take. David, trade down and get uh, get yourself a, a really good player and another really good player and maybe even a third really good player and another good player next. That's the problem with this stuff. I, I know. If you can get Aaron Donald at about nine, oh, my God, how good was that? Can you promise me this Aaron Donald? I cannot. I can, can only can you tell you that he not, runs better than can, him. Can you promise me you're not <laughs> trading down to get John Theory? Yeah, well <laughs> – John Theory. <laughs> That's Boy, going way back. I, tell you, I I was around when they took John Theory, and I remember the whole thing. And his cone drill time, I remember, and I'm, I don't want to embarrass anyone, but uh, Coach wants that we'll be here at uh, yeah. 745. Uh, but I remember talking to someone about John Theory and being told, well, you know, look at what Simeon Rice did at the combine. John Theory had a better cone drill the year before. <laughs> so my point is, the cone drill doesn't matter when you're when you're sort of velcroed to the guy blocking you. It really doesn't matter how fast you are, how great an athlete you are, right? It that was the problem. Without with a doubt, John Theory. Alcorn State is not Alabama. That's right. And you know that's what I'm referring to. Though you can fall in love with prospects based on this week's measurables, and well, you can fall in love with forty times and and athleticism and, and the underwear Olympic that's, uh, oh, that's, that's champion. That, that is the thing. Yeah. And that's why you always go back to the tape. And if the guy is like an incredibly productive player, he can throw darts well, you draft him based on the tape and maybe that 40 time or that accuracy with darts just puts him over the top. <laughs> well, you know what, though? If he is a competent putt, putt golfer, then you might move him up on your draft board because that would show – an attention to detail, and a poise that you just can't really measure. And you know what? We didn't – I think the we Bears are – there's one. a huge blind spot in their evaluation process because they have not incorporated ping pong. And if you're going to draft a good cornerback, how do you know how he'll cover on third and five if he cannot play ping pong adequately? We'll, we'll get into this, but I would, I would argue that you should go with, like, a pool table. And if a guy is really good at pool, yeah. don't draft him. Because that's that's the sign of like a bad child. I think that's I think that's a good point. I think that's really good insight. What I would incorporate would be speed scrabble, because now I want to know quarterbacks for sure. Quarterbacks need speed scrabble because how do you change yes. the verbiage in the huddle yes. at the line of scrimmage? What what is your go to word? Um, how many is it? Bananagrams. We play this game <laughs> at home that is like it, it's like looks like a banana, and you take it out, and all the tiles come out. And then you build your I own. Right. Yes. You build your own little Scrabble yeah. set, and you have a certain amount of time to do it. And I mean, I would study the words someone chooses, and and the way that they build their Scrabble. That, that could set. be great. It'd be a great category to measure. Also, are, are we being unfair to the good old charades? I mean, really? I, do you find I, out anything more about somebody's personality than during a game of charades? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that people saw that on Twitch. I was just signaling movie and book and Oh my god, is that nonsense? Charades. Between yeah. between the Bears playing darts and the Blackhawks having a, a wake for Patrick Kane in the parking lot, yesterday was the height of ridiculousness in Chicago sports. And today will get worse because you got uh you got Kevin Durant coming to town with the Phoenix Suns. You know, Devin Booker, the Bulls play tonight, they play the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker scored fifty one against them. 
the last time they played earlier in the year. Now yeah. they added Kevin Durant to that. So the question is, who's more likely to score 50 against the Bulls? And well, Can Zach break 40? Can uh, no, DeMar DeRozan break 10? Those are good questions. It also brings up my question from that possibility. Who's going to be the first Bull that Patrick Beverly yells at after he misses his defensive assignment on Durant? Texter checks it. Don't forget about Christmas trees. Oh, yes. That's right. <laughs> All right, we got to get to all of it. The pick six is next. We're going to tear apart all the stories of the day. Going to set you up for the big weekend. It's Mully and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. Any sense of relief hearing Ian Rappaport say on the NFL Network that there is a significant, significant interest in the Bears held number one overall pick. Would you exclude any of the teams with interest because of their place in the draft? Rappaport mentioned number two, Houston, number four, Indy, number eight, Atlanta, number nine, Charlotte. Yeah, I was I was pleased to hear that, frankly. I mean, I think a lot of people it's lying season. We know that. We see a lot of the general managers that are talking at the podium kind of downplaying the idea that they trade up. Everybody is trying to make sure that they don't give up more than they're going to have to for the pick. So, you know, you need to get to a point where teams are really interested in it. And the fact that he's hearing privately that teams are really interested in it, I think is really good news. I like this because, you know, obviously – 
Houston at two and Indy at four, division rivals. I like that idea. Now you throw in Atlanta and Charlotte. I got to tell you, I I I would not be – I think the beauty of that is that if you trade down to nine, you get more than if you trade down to two. If you trade down to eight, you get more than you trade down to four. I just like the idea of adding and adding and adding. And, I mean, who knows? Like, if you could – if you could, and I know a lot of people have talked about that, if you could get anything to just drop from one to two, then maybe you could trade a second time. I like the idea of the two trades at the top of the draft because I think that teams are quarterback needy. I don't know how good these quarterbacks are. We'll hear from them today, and I'll be very curious to, to hear what they have to say. But what we do know is that teams need them, whether they're great, whether they're mediocre, whether they're rising or falling. Teams need them, so they're always going to be on the rise. Speaking of two, are you surprised that Ryan Poles put the word significant in the uh, text to Ian twice? I mean, should he have made it three times? You know, so significant, is, significant, oh, significant. You see where I'm going? Like yeah, Planting. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know as everybody keeps report. saying, it, it's lying season, mm-hmm. right, down down at the Combine. Um Listen, Mully, I love the idea of trading down twice. And, you know, and let's put it this way, based on this – Go ahead and trade three times, okay? You know, you know, trade trade with the Texans, then trade with the Colts, and then sit there, and then maybe trade with Atlanta or Charlotte because, um, you know, one of the quarterbacks looks like he's about to sign with the New Orleans Saints. Carr supposedly is very, very close on signing there. So that means that all those other four teams that we're talking about that need quarterbacks are still going to need a quarterback, right? And I think the, I think – that's going to be the trend. I think teams are done with the recycled quarterback. I think teams, especially with new coaches, want their own QB. So I think that's still good news. for Even though a lot of people thought the Bears received really bad news because of what happened you know, with the draft prospect that uh, was charged with reckless driving, thought that was going to ruin everything. I, I think there is still a significant amount of interest in that pick. I think it's manufactured. To be honest with you, my 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 <laughs> radar is that this is manufactured. The line radar is up, yeah. and, and it's trying to create a player and create a prospect and create a buzz where there might not be one. We don't know yet how Anthony Richardson's going to throw. What Will Levis is going to do with the workout? What what Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud may say that may you know captivate an audience? But I think this feels a little forced. Ian Rappaport's talking to the right people, but I, I'm not questioning him as much as I am the people telling him what happens to be true. So I think Jalen Carter's drop or the news about him devaluing the top of the draft is more significant than anybody coming up to be, oh, gosh, I have to have him, which is why it concerns me two, four, eight, nine. You're right. They can get more for the eight or nine selections than they would for two or four. I don't know how realistic it will be, and I think it's all going to be weighed against the fact that the created player this week may not be creation at all, but Will Anderson might be so impressive that that may be so convincing that you may be compelled to stay at one. So let's just wait and see, but that's where I am right now, on the fence, squarely, on March 3rd. Let's open it up to questions. Here we go. Boom. Do you find it fun, exciting, or downright embarrassing that the Bears are studying interviewees' competitiveness by their performance at darts and putt-putt golf? 
Is it just a way of loosening things up, or is there actual value in this measurement? I don't want to overreact to this, but I'd hate wasting time. I, I, it's, it's a flaw of mine. I hate wasting time. And I'm not good at the – I was never good at these – these events where you're invited over, whether it's couples or your family as a kid, where you're forced to play games. If I don't like the game, I don't want to play Yahtzee. I don't really want to play you know, charades. I don't want to play uh, one of these other box games that you got at this toy store to try to liven things up at a party. No, don't force me to play a game. So you got 18 minutes to meet these guys. You got 18 minutes to get to know these guys. I don't know that I want to waste eight, three of them by trying to hit the bullseye. I don't know that I want to f- see how good of a golfer or a putter he is. I don't care. You know what I do care about? How much does he love football? What is he what does he like at the board? Can he break down a defense? Can he tell me what coverage they were in? Can you tell me what you were doing on this highlight reel when you dominated the, that offensive tackle or when you beat this cornerback in the in man coverage? No, nah, this is nonsense to me. Don't play games. Get serious. I do actually like playing games. I like it even more now than I ever did, especially with my kids. I think it's a good way to get everybody around the table together and put the devices down for a second. So maybe that's what they're thinking. The other thing is, can this draft prospect do two things at once? Can can he interview, answer my questions, talk ball while standing over a putt, while trying to hit maybe a potential target on the dartboard? And if he's too good at golf, if he's really good with the putter, you know, maybe you don't want that guy around because he's been, you know, playing. Because right, it's a big thing. Like people, NFL execs have been. You're overthinking it, man. Well, NFL execs have been criticized when they don't like that a guy has outside interest. Right, it's all about football. So if the guy's good with the putter, then maybe you don't want him on your team because he's been playing a little too much golf. That's not what they're looking for. I, you know, here's so what the are they looking for? Well, they're, they're, they're trying to loosen everyone up, and they want to know how much they want to win. Okay? So that they're just trying to loosen them up, and they're try, it's kind of a dumb thing. It is a waste of time. You know, here's the thing about me, and I'm not joking. I get a little one-eyed when I start playing games or something. My buddy was telling me that he had just been on this vacation, and, he, and they were with friends, and he said that if I had been there, I'd have gone outside and hung myself from a tree or something. I'd thrown my belt over a branch. and Because he, he said the whole time, they'd be like, you want to play cards? And then they would start dealing, and then there'd be table talk. And this guy's, the one woman would not stop and kept asking rules of the game. He's like, you would snap. You could not handle it. And I got to tell you, you want to play cards? Deal the cards. Let's go. No table talk. Let's play. Let's play for money, and let's play cards. I, I cannot handle. You're scaring me. No, no, I'm just saying. I, I want to engage. Let's. You want to have fun? Let's have fun. Right. Let's play cards. Let's be serious about it. Let's not question the rules. Let's not have some. Which hand is the one that get out? You lose. I, I just can't. I, I don't think I'd be able to last throwing darts with these guys or putt putt golf or whatever. I just think it's crazy. They're trying to relax you. But they're also kind of observing you. Everybody at this combine, it is, it's like one act of idiocy after another. Look at the tape. Get the best player. Bring him in, and that's it. And what if you had a quarterback completing 70% of his passes but was terrible at darts? And exactly. Would you worry about his accuracy? Yeah. I told you. Yeah. Shane Matthews wanted to have, uh, you know, so you're going to draft Shane <laughs> with the first pick because he's a great dart thrower? 
I, I, again, I, I think it's silliness. I think it's just a waste of time, as you say. And I think they're trying to be like, it, apparently Eberflus came up with this. You want to talk about a guy who does not scream like fun games. He's a guy that screams like, you know, cliches and kind of serious talk. All ball. And that. Huh? He's all, all ball. ball. All ball. Yeah. So, you know, come up with a better game that's closer to football and and you can quiz the guy while you I realize you it's a job interview and it's not a game at that's all. That's it. I mean, who the hell is going to, you know, I, well, I, you know what? He clearly doesn't love football because he can't throw a dart. It's just idiocy. Oh, boy. Good question. Voice of Dave Wanstead will be with you at 744 this morning. At the Combine Thursday, Will Anderson of Alabama ran a 4.69 40-yard dash, given how Anderson impressed everyone at the podium. Now with the speed display, where is he on your draft board and how will this week affect the Bears' decision-making? Yeah, I, I think um, it, it's really interesting because, as David said, I think that Will Anderson is clearly moving. He's securing a spot at the top of the draft. And you couple that with uh, with Jalen Carter and his issues, and I think Will Anderson has separated himself as the best defensive player in the draft. And I think that, um, that you know, it's unfortunate that there are teams that are going to have to take a quarterback or go up and get a quarterback because the value of the position is more than, uh, than that of a guy that's uh, attacking the quarterback. So I understand all that, but I, I think that, you're right, David. I think if you're driving back from the combine, and we've all made that trip many times, you are thinking through all the things that happened and all the conversations you had, and you are driving three hours home, and all you're doing is get doing like a deep dive into all the experiences you had, the different players you watched, the different things that you witnessed. You're trying to piece together a little bit of a puzzle, and that's just as a reporter – talking to people and, and getting some access to, uh, to to the building. I, I think that for a guy that has that first pick, it's a really good time to just reflect on it. And one of the things that should stand out in his mind at this point is how good Will Anderson did. Which does, by the way, confirm the tape. Yeah, I guess you're, you know, you're right. You're looking to confirm the tape. That's a, a way to, to do it. Um, I, I had... St- Read on Twitter that some weren't actually all that impressed with what Will Anderson was doing on the field, actually, and that his time was okay, but it definitely wasn't the fastest at that position. There's no doubt that Will Anderson's going to get selected in the top five. I think the the, the worst-case scenario for the Bears is that they take Will Anderson with the number one overall pick. That's what I don't want to see happen. But if Will Anderson ends up a Bear plus other assets – I think the Bears could do a whole heck of a lot worse than that. So let me just restate that. You think the worst-case scenario for the Bears if they end up with the best overall player in the draft? Well, I don't I don't know that he's the best overall player well, in the I'm, draft. Well, I'm saying that this week could maybe establish him as that guy. Well, I wonder if there are TBD. other teams. Well, TBD but is again, right. Yeah, I do, Put on I will the say, tape. This is more than a combine creation. This is the right. guy that had 210 right. pressures in his last two seasons at Alabama. Right. This is the guy that is more qualified for the NFL coming out of college than Miles Garrett was when he came out, and he was number one overall. Do you think he's Miles Garrett? I do think he could be Miles Garrett. I think this guy, when you watch him, he had a, a disruptive senior year or this past season, and he 
kind of wasn't as good as he was the previous one. This is a guy that I could see a team, again, having these conversations, and you have to have all of them if you're an ex executive and a GM drafting. Somebody out there is wondering, do we need to move up to get Will Anderson? Do we need to make the trade with the Bears to get him, that guy? Maybe the Bears want to accumulate picks. Maybe they want to multiply, and I can respect that because they're so bad and so empty is the cupboard that you need to consider all those things, probably prioritize that. You need quantity maybe more than quality. But I don't think that this week is going to tell me that there's any more qualified NFL prospect than Will Anderson at the podium, running the 40, on the tape. I don't remember what the question was. That's the voice of Mark Grody. He'll be here at 725-ish after he talks to a couple of the quarterbacks who are speaking this morning down at the NFL Combine. Nico Horner led off for the Cubs for the fourth time this spring, leading many to believe that he's the best spot in that order. Do you like the spot for Horner? Anybody else make a better fit? We'll see about, say, a Suzuki's availability and whether that dictates who's back to the top of the order. How much does it matter? I think we'll talk about the leadoff spot a lot. We already do because of its place maybe in Cubs history. They were never able to replace Dexter Fowler. We're sort of preoccupied with that idea. I don't think it matters as much as it did. To me, I'm more concerned about who bats second, third, and fourth. Nico Horner probably fits there as well as anybody because where else are you going to put him? And you want to get him as many at-bats as possible. He did take a step last year at the plate. He is a guy that you can trust. He's disciplined. He has a lot of the qualities you want in your prototypical leadoff hitter. But he's not your prototypical leadoff hitter. That guy's got, you know, the, the, the old leadoff hitters, are the things that you think of first, they're guys that get on base a lot, steal some bases in the today's kind of uh, increased pace of MLB play, the more aggressive base dealers. I don't know that he's that guy. We'll talk about it a lot, but because he started four games in a row, we're leading in that direction. We'll talk to Tony Andracki at 9 o'clock about whether or not they believe he is the guy. But I think it's going to be a, rot a rotation at times. Who's the hot guy? This is not a uh, – I don't see the Cubs as being one of those teams that have – they may have the same double play combination 160 times a year, but I don't think they're going to have the same batting order consistently. It's going to be something that is in a state of constant flux. Well, he makes sense to me based on who they have and, and the makeup of this of this lineup. I, I don't know anybody else right now that makes more sense, but I could see like equal sense. I, I think Ian Happ could equally be a guy there, um, and of course it matters. It, it also better matter. I mean, say a Suzuki if say a Suzuki misses a month, you know, if say a Suzuki's making his debut about the same time Kyle Hendricks is making his debut. Um, yeah, it matters. You know, he's supposedly one of the top three best players on the Cubs. Supposedly, the key word there. I'm still waiting to to be paid off by that. But so if he's one of the top three, then yeah, it, it matters that Suzuki's not in that lineup for the first four weeks. I, I wonder how much the lead up, has the rule changes. Has that increased the need for a good leadoff guy? Has that changed the Schwarber thinking? Of Speed getting that's stolen bases. Saying. That's what I'm asking. Good question. So I'd like to know if that if that it has influenced the way that you look at that particular player. My first reaction to Nico start, uh, starting as often as he has as the leadoff guy is that they want to make it work, that they like him in the position and that, that, that that's what they want to do. 
Um, I, I understand Suzuki's banged up and uh, is going to be on the shelf for a little bit. I also understand that, uh, in case you didn't know, Nick Madrigal is not on this team. Uh, you would find a way to get him to be a leadoff guy. He would, he would be a pretty decent leadoff guy, but he's, he's not on this team. Well, if he's think. in the lineup, I think that's why I said it's got to be the state of flux because he's the guy that would make sense in that role. If he's in the lineup anywhere on a particular day, he makes more sense in that role than anybody. Yeah. But, but I wonder about, have, have, have the new rules changed the way we look at leadoff hitters? Because that's sort of in this question as well. Um, I, I'm very curious about that. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that a little bit. You know, that's a really maybe good someone question. on a baseball show should. Uh, I think that's take, a good topic. That up for me. I'm taking the hint right now. That was very subtle. This is what Pedro Grafol had to say about Mike Clevenger. Whenever that MLB decision is made, it's made. But right now, he's in a good spot. He threw the ball really good yesterday. He works his ass off. He's great at PFPs. He's diligent with the work. Does that sound like a manager expecting his fifth starter to be missing? What does Grafol know? God, what does Grafol know and when did he know it? What do the Sox know and when did they know it? These are all very interesting questions to pick apart. Uh, it kind of makes my skin crawl a little bit. I will stay with what I have said all along. Really don't want to see that guy uh, on the mound for the White Sox. Really don't. I think increasingly... The fact that they speak of it in the fashion in which they do, the fact that they are trying to normalize the situation, they're just hoping that any controversy goes away and that they can just kind of fly under the radar with Mike Clevenger. And um, a friend of mine said uh, the only way they're really going to do that is to uh, to sign his buddy who is uh, available as oh, well. Oh, boy. Um, that would really change the storyline. No one would care about him anymore. Has he lost a lawsuit in the last 24 I, hours? I don't know. But I, I would guess that well, what all this means is that Clevenger is going to be the fifth starter. When Here's what I don't understand, and I don't think I missed it, but if I did, please correct me. When, is, when are we going to see Mike Clevenger throw in a spring training game? I, I think they're going to wait on that. I've been, I mean, some I've been guys waiting. Are, I've been looking for that right? I, I look, And then I look at the when they put out the um, projected – you know, availability for the day. And yes. it's like, okay, so he's not going to start. He's no. going to be, you know, he's going to come. His uh, name is never, his name, his name is, is never there. A lot of simulation. Right. I, I, so what does that, like, what does that mean? Other guys, some guys are making their third spring training starts already. I think it means that they then have confirmed that he's on their team. And he's a lot of, a lot of simulation, a lot of insulation, a lot of, a lot of protecting going on here. Yeah. That, that, that's a great point. If you really want to find out how people are going to respond to Mike Clevenger as the fifth starter and for the White Sox. And how he's going to respond, David. Well, What's it going to be when he takes know, the mound? Dustin, I don't know if you heard, but he's he's working his butt off, and he's great at pitcher fielding practice. Goodness oh, that's what sakes. that means? I guess. He's ready for the season. CFP? <laughs> oh, that's what that means? You didn't check at all? No. That's awesome. He He's going to be part of the rotation if he's eligible to be. He's going to be somebody that they are looking at as like everybody else in camp. And if that's not true, they need to tell us that because the way they talk about him is like he's somebody who doesn't have all of this baggage that he brought to Camelback Ranch and all of the baggage that he will bring to the south side because they're talking about Mike Clevenger as if he's just another guy they added to the payroll and just another pitcher they're counting on in the rotation. They are trying to normalize this. Pedro Grafol might be in a tough spot 
it's it, you talk about somebody is just all ball. He's got to be talking about this is just all ball. He, they're not factoring in any other thing. But I, I, I hope the MLB has the foresight and I hope they have the expediency to get this wrapped up before opening day because it's not trending in the right direction for the White Sox because there's so much ambiguity here. It's clouding. It's still that cloud still hovers over spring training, even though the Sox want to make sure everyone realizes they think it's sunshine and blue skies because that sounds better and it's easier to go about your business that way. This will be a pick six. There's your ball game. What did you think of the Athletics' Jim Bowden listing 10 players prime for a breakout year in 2023 and includes two White Sox on the list? The first player chosen is Luis Robert. Do we have to add the junior? Is it Luis Robert Jr.? It's, it's yeah, junior now. It okay, is, yeah. I just wanted to be yeah. sure that that's, yeah. there's not two different guys. His, his dad Luis Robert Jr. why he, he sees juniors all over baseball. respect, we'll respect it. And he doesn't see Luis, Luis Jr., so good for him. And the fourth is Andrew Vaughn. Does that sound about right to you? Well, only if you refer to Andrew Vaughn, comma, the next Steve Garvey. That's the way I would re- choose wow. to refer to Andrew Vaughn. Father of our country? That's right. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, this is a nice nod by a guy that isn't always kind to the White Sox, but Jim Bowden, uh, he, so he, I guess he, he's pretty fair. I, I should take that back. He's pretty fair. He's pretty plugged in. I like those two selections. Again, everything about Luis Robert Jr., is predicated on health. We had the same conversation a year ago at this time. Mm-hmm. He was going to be a breakout MVP candidate in 2022 had he stayed healthy. He can't stay healthy. He's got to. If he does, we'll be talking about him in the MVP race, I think. He's got some he's got some work to do on some different aspects of his game, but he is explosive, he is dynamic, and he is a five-tool guy. Andrew Vaughn, Quietly consistent. I don't know that you want to go in and say these kinds of things about him before any season because I like the way he is understated. I like the way he might be underrated. Let him kind of come into his own quietly. He's now playing one position. He doesn't have to worry about tripping over his own two feet in the outfield. And now he can worry about only hitting because that is what he does best. All right. Of course, this won't be taken very well, but... Luis Robert Jr. has been overpromised and underdelivered so far. David, you just brought up five tool player. We've heard about he how many how many of the boxes has he checked on the five of the five tools? Been hearing a lot about this guy. You know, he's gonna do this, he's gonna do that, he's gonna be this, he's gonna be that. He's got all I mean, seems like he could be explosive and dynamic, but I'm still waiting and seeing. Now I expect big things from Andrew Vaughn. I think being in one spot the majority of the time this year, he's either going to be the first baseman or maybe when they want to get him off his feet for a day, he'll DH. I expect him to play like 155 games or more for the White Sox this year. I expect big things from Andrew Vaughn. If anything, I would have flipped these two guys on that list if I were making it, but of course I'm not. Yeah, you know, I I mean, he listed 10 players in all of baseball that he believes are set for a breakout year. And the first guy he comes up with is Luis Robert Jr. That it, Bowden knows what he's talking about, and I think that that Robert has that ability. And I'm, you know, I I know I'm not supposed to be concerned or anything, but the fact that he and and uh, and Yohan Mankata are in Taiwan with the Cuban national team, it doesn't that that's that just I mean I just would rather have eyes on them and 
They yeah. say they have no limitations, I, everything, but it's I like, like to see that they're working out, that yeah, they're getting up, that they're staying yeah. healthy, that they're I'm stretching. I'm sure it's fine, and I'm sure it's not an issue, but it always is in my mind. I'm always worried about those guys. Um, and, and that's the only worry. It, it's, it's whether or not um, they can stay healthy. So I hope that – I think Luis Robert Jr., Dustin, to answer the question, I think he, is, I think he has uh, shown unbelievable potential. When you watch him play the outfield, when you watch how much ground he can cover, there are very few people in baseball that can do that. He, you know, other than the guy in Minnesota, he might be as good as it, it as good at that as anybody. And if he has a chance to stay healthy for a year, I think that's really exciting. I also am pumped up about Vaughn. I like what I've heard. And I, again, only ten players in baseball chosen. Sox, not just the first one, but also the fourth one, and that includes pitchers, by the way. I mean, that's pretty good. Um, and I do think that, that uh, Vaughn can be much better playing a position he's comfortable in and not having to worry about any of that stuff and just concentrating on on being the hitter that he is. He's a great hitter. Upgrade? Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and diss Abreu, if that's what you want. <laughs> I just I, I just think that he's a really good player. I just want to be clear. I wish, uh, you know, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to back you into a corner. That's all. Yeah, I'm. I'm. <laughs> but I'm. I am choosing to be excited about some things with the White Sox this year. And after the last question, I'm enjoying this question. So why do you have to tear me down? Three, one, two. You're not going to trigger me. Didn't you see today? the Abreu homeward yesterday? Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Off Wainwright. Plugging <laughs> my fingers in my ears. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio six seven and score. Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on six seventy the score. Just get over and help. See, he's he's he's, he's telling them like you got to get over there, and he's saying he's guarding. Garden Wiseman. Yeah. If we can come back and see, see, look, he never sees it. He never sees uh, the play. Yeah, okay, I got you. And that's what that's what Patrick Beverly is saying. He said you can even see the ball. You got to see the man with the ball. You got to watch. That audio, courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago, the NBC Sports Chicago team. The Sun Times is reporting that Devuch is not happy with some of the ways players are being held accountable visibly, such as when Patrick Beverly gestured during Wednesday night's game after Vooch was late to get into defensive position. Is this a problem or just part of the P-Bev experience? You know, that was Jaden Ivey beating P- Patrick Beverly, and then Vooch had his back turned, and you heard Stacy describe it, and Joe Collie wrote about it, and the, the suggestion was that Vooch is unhappy because Patrick Beverly is very demonstrative on the court. So what? So what? This is exactly what the Bulls need. I respect everything that Nikola Vucevic has brought to the Bulls. I respect the season that he's had and the double-double that he just is going to get by being on the floor. This is a guy that is an asset. He's your third-best scorer, and maybe he would be bet more on a different team, but he's a defensive liability. And if he can't do this without – if he can't handle – Patrick Beverly being who he is and what he was brought here to do, hold people accountable, do a little bit of everything, rebound, play defense, run the, run the show, then I, I think it says more about pa- Nikola Vucevic than it does Patrick Beverly. I, I think he has been shown respect. 
by the Bulls and by fan, the fans and by the media. Uh, this is not a good story that reflects well on Vooch because you're a professional athlete on the, one of the most underachieving teams in the NBA. Of course you're going to be called out when you're not going to be help, uh, helping on defense. And, of course, that's what you expect from Patrick Beverly. I love the end of this question, the P-Bev <laughs> experience. I mean, it, it's awesome. And I think all three of us are going to agree that this is the type of stuff that we like. I don't want to speak for Mully, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there. You know, Billy Donovan has been saying this, but he tries to say it kind of in a nice way in the postgame show, right, when we hear that audio. But Beverly is, you know, puts a boot in somebody's backside. And maybe Billy Donovan needs to do that as well. Or maybe AK needs to pull Vooch off to the side. Because, listen, the Bulls believe in the guy. I mean, you didn't trade him, so it looks like you're keeping him. Um, We'll see. Um, Is it a problem? I guess you got to watch tonight and see if it's a problem. Because, you know, Vooch has a big defensive assignment. Or is Patrick Williams going to be back in the starting lineup to try to you know, take care of Kevin. You can't play small against the Suns. You can't go that small lineup versus the Suns tonight. I I think what's fascinating about this um, is that Patrick Beverly is barking at Vooch because Vooch is not doing what your responsibility is when you're playing defense. So Jaden Ivey, as you say, blows by him and he gets to the rim for like an easy layup. Vooch is supposed to protect the rim. He's supposed to turn the other way, and he's supposed to have his head on a swivel, and he's supposed to be playing defense. Now, in Vooch's mind, clearly, there's a hierarchy on the team, and a guy like Patrick Beverly can't come up to him and tell him that, right? You're embarrassing me. You're waving your finger at me in front of the whole crowd. How dare you? I'm Vooch. Dude, you play terrible defense. You've been playing bad defense for a long time. The help defense that Beverly is looking for is a common practice for most NBA teams. But the Bulls can't somehow figure that out, maybe because there is a hierarchy. And Vooch is a guy that, you know what I do, play the game through me. I can score on the inside. I can take a three. But that's what I do, and that's all I do. And DeMar is, I'm the mid-range guy. If I don't score, then someone hit me, and clearly I should get a foul. I I think that this is really interesting because Patrick Beverly is trying to get them in this situation to just play basketball the way everybody plays it in the NBA. And help defense is a very important element of it. So this is about hierarchy. This is about you're not allowed to call me out in front of everyone else. And this is about – Even when I mess up. Frankly, let's let's face it. This is – Vooch looks soft. By this getting out, it just hurt my feelings. Yeah, and you got to be you got to be beyond that at this point of your career, don't you? Understanding the situation, you got to be a better defensive player. You got to protect the rim a little, which he never does. And I agree with you. You look bad when you argue on it, something it, like this. And, and you know, if maybe that because you know why it stands out. It doesn't stand out because Patrick Beverly got on a teammate. That is what you know you're getting from Patrick Beverly. It stood out because Vooch snapped back. That's exactly right. You reta- The retaliation, if you want to call it that, but it, that was out of character for Vooch because Patrick Beverly got him out of the comfort zone. This is who Patrick Beverly is. That's exactly if, right. If you don't like it, 
deal with it because you're going to have to deal with it moving forward. Patrick Beverly is absolutely right in this instance. And for Vooch to take offense to it tells you that he's been riding on his laurels for a long time. And finally, someone has given him a boot in saying the obvious, play a little help defense. And his reaction is, well, why'd you let the guy get by you? And big picture, this may not have any effect on this season, but moving forward, he is an unrestricted free agent. They did talk about wanting to perhaps re-sign him in, in free agency. If Vooch doesn't like the way his tenure in Chicago this season ends, that could affect his decision-making. But you know what? If it does, do you really want him around anyway? Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, we know the flaws in his game, and everybody talks about it. And then there's an instance where it occurs and a teammate gets on him and he's more concerned about how he looks than how he plays. Yes. I, I think it's a terrible, terrible moment for Vooch and he ought to put a sock in it and, and maybe play a little help. Defense. And there will be denials. There will be you know yes. some pushback. Yes. And there'll be all those things that will just underscore and confirm that's entirely true. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's shameful, frankly. It, you know, you put you shame yourself by pushing back on that one. Just nod and nod your head. Do, you know. How, how about this? I, I need to help better. I need to be a better defender. Be nice. I need to be a bigger presence in the paint because That's then we nice. may win more games down the stretch. That would be a nice thing yeah, to hear. Yeah, how about that? All right, 312-644-6767. It's Molly and Hall at Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. Patrick from Gage Park texts in. He said, people in my office said Pat Bev should have kept uh, 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 on without it. What do, you, what do you think of that? So Pat Bev shouldn't have criticized Voot? Well, he, no. He, he showed him up, or is that the idea? When the Bulls brought Pat Beverly into the fold when they signed him for the remainder of the season. They did it for one reason and one reason only. They needed to shake things up. He was brought here to make people uncomfortable. That's the definition of his role. Yes. Make people uncomfortable, hold people accountable. What was the first thing he said? He was going to get on Zach Levine. Well, he said he was going to get on his arse. Right. I and mean, it was like it wasn't even a pleasant And And he was, he was very blunt about it. He's a blunt player you want him as part of your organization though if he is all about winning and he is all about winning he's talking you know if you paid attention to that game yeah he got on he got on Vooch and I'm not all of the big I'm not a big you know show a guy up show a yeah, guy up you. guy either or you know just do your job and then and, but, but this is who he is I respect people's right to be who they are authentically and he is authentically that guy after he yelled at Vooch, he goes over after the game. He's talking to Kobe White. He's talking to Iota Sunmu. He is coaching on the floor. Part of that involves hurting Vooch's feelings or ruffling some feathers. So be it. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it because I think it's, you know, the coach has tried doing it, and it's almost impossible to do. It's professional sports. It's We're not very, talking about your nine-year-old at the uh, uh, your youth yeah. basketball practice and you're worried about the coach being too tough and, and you know, hurting his self-esteem. This is a professional basketball player making a small fortune playing a kid's game. Get over it. 312-644-6767. Mike is in Jerusalem and uh, listening online. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. 
Hey, how you doing? Good afternoon. How are you? We're good. What's what time good afternoon. Is it, what time is it in Jerusalem? Uh, it's about quarter to three. Damn, we should move there and do our show from there. I thought I was right? hungry. We could still do Chicago sports, <laughs> but we would have a much quarter better. Quarter to three was, seven, no, was 70 degree weather in February. Oh, we'll yeah. take it. Yeah, we'll take it, man. <laughs> anyway, so I don't want to get Molly too upset but with my question, but since the All-Star break last year, the Cubs had an eight-game better record than the Sox. I wanted to know if anyone the score believes that the Cubs will have a better record than the White Sox this year. Yeah, I think Dustin does, Mike. Thanks, Mike. To, to answer the question. It's a good Thank phone you. call. Yeah, Thank you for listening on the, on the Odyssey app. Yes. Um, but I would imagine Dustin probably would make that wager with me if we wanted to. I, I, I'm not that far away, Molly. Okay, I, David. Also, I, I don't will know make that we wager. need to. We'll have to do a show wager. Declare on March 3rd. But if I had to say which way I'm leaning, I'm leaning toward the Cubs having more victories than the White Sox. Okay, Dustin, you're leaning that way too. I think I could lean that way. And uh, Brandon, are you? Uh, which way are you leaning? Are you a a Cubs better record or White Sox better record? I'm going to go with the Sox. Yeah. Listen, guys. That, Tony, that's the Tony conventional LaRusso wisdom. Is not here. Didn't you hear that? <laughs> is anybody aware that all the problems are solved? They got rid of Tony? Um, is that what he said? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just second nature to doubt everything about the White Sox right now. And that's why my instinct is to say, of course they're not going to win more games than the Cubs because – they're going to underachieve, and wherever you think they're going to finish, it's going to be worse than that. That's uh, my instinct with the White Sox. You, Because you have totally influenced me on this because I'm not typically somebody that looks at the half-empty glass of Sox you know, Kool-Aid. But now I'm looking at the, the Sox Kool-Aid, and it's half-empty. But all the Sox guests we have on all seem pretty uh, <laughs> pumped up about Pedro Griffalt. <laughs> well, you I know, just think... I think it's there's a chance for something different, something new. <laughs> Their silence is deafening. Yes. 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 And it says we're ready for this season. I, I believe in the Sox. I mean, I, I'm still mad at them, and they've broken my heart, and I probably don't believe enough in them. But, I, I mean, I'm, I'm wearing a Sox shirt, you know? I mean, what do you want from me? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a lot of I don't of want anything except gear. for your genuine feelings about the White Sox in 2023. I'm absolutely hopeful. And I think everybody that is they right can, now. Exactly. Everybody. I, is. I do think the Cubs are going to be significantly better, but I think there's going to also going to be like a period of time where they figure out who they are and, and guys have to figure out playing together. They got a lot of things while I'm hesitating on March 3rd. Yeah. If you can tell me that Tim Anderson is going to play more than 130 games. If you can tell me that Luis Robert is going to play more than 130 games. Aloy Jimenez, more than 130 games. Yoan Mankata, more than 130 mm. games. If you can tell me who the fifth starter is going to be primarily throughout the course of this season. Yasmani Grandal, how many games is he going to catch? More than 100? Okay. If all of those things had a degree of certainty that I trusted, it's a no-brainer. If all those things had a degree of certainty, they'd be a World Series contender. Well, I agree with that. What they are is a team that finished... 500 a year ago, and were a terrible disappointment. The most underperforming team in baseball. Thank you. And they finished 500. Thank you. So shouldn't they finish five or ten games better than they did a year ago? No, because you have trained me to understand this premise. Yeah. 
when you think that things can't get worse, they will. It's true. So with the White Sox, if you thought that you were bottoming out at 500 because of all the injuries, I don't know why I would believe that that's, that's a trend that's going to stop. What has changed? What is different? I heard Stoney say on the broadcast the other day, he actually said they're due for a healthy season. And I laughed to myself, and I thought, like, is that how it works? Like, no. you know, is, is there, like, karma involved in the physical health of the players? You know, I would much prefer if they were doing something to improve the team in their physical preparation and response to Do stuff. we know that they have or have Maybe haven't? they have. They have not done a good job of projecting that. Well, we haven't heard from them much. We I haven't know, heard from them much. I don't much. know when the last time they were on is, but I, I, I'd love to ask that I'll question. allow you this, uh, and I'll allow Stoney this. We love Stoney. We love our yeah. ability to tap into his insight on a regular basis. The difference from this offseason heading into spring training and last year was the teams have been able to spend the winters in touch with their guys. Yes. As opposed to a year ago where right. that was a problem and maybe they left them to their own devices too often because they had to. This year, obviously, that's different. So maybe they have a better handle on what to anticipate and maybe they're more prepared physically. The World Baseball Classic scares scares you know, me from a Sox perspective because these are guys that are, are involved that aren't durable. <laughs> so I guess I'm being a little bit more alarmist than I typically am, but the White Sox have taught me in 2022 that that's probably the wise course of action. I mean, I'm not saying that they've gotten better since last year, but they were a 500 team with like nothing but blunders all over the place, right? Is that fair? Did we underachieve in 2022? Yes. Did we win as many games as we lost? Yes. Did we really disappoint yes. everybody by destroying the public the trust? Right? Have Do we gotten we the manager it? right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Thanks, Ted Phillips. Yeah. The right. Sox are not in a position to where I believe in them. They have not earned the benefit of the doubt to me. So that's why. I'm on the fence. Talk to me in a month or four weeks. when I, We're four weeks away from opening day, I believe. On that day, I'll tell you how many games I think the Cubs will win and the Sox will win. Right now, I'm leaning toward the Cubs being better. Ask me after the parade. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm totally leaning toward the Cubs being better. I just think the Sox are going to be better than a 500 team. So, so if, you both teams in town being above 500? That would be awesome. I would love to see it. That would, that would be great. But be I think great the season. Cubs are more like 78, 79 wins this year. And I think the Sox are in the you know mid eighties, but I don't think I have to make the choice either until we have to make our official picks. Whenever you declare that the day, <laughs> well, I'll find a day to declare and it. When will we make our wager on who has the better record between the two teams? When, should we do it now or should we do it? Not now. Five minutes? It's too incomplete right Maybe now. Maybe thirteen. Too seconds? incomplete right now. Think? All I want to do right now is to tease nine thirty Saturday morning inside the clubhouse. Cody Bellinger is going to join Bruce and I on. Uh, for a good interview to get to know the Cub center field a little bit better. Yeah, and, and Mark Grody's going to be on here at 725. And I can't even get that far, David. I think we should wait to tease that later in the program. I'm just saying, we're talking baseball. We got a call from Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah, we we adjusted that? to that. That was awesome. We're Super big in cool. Jerusalem. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I would love to go to Jerusalem, uh, see the Holy Land, and broadcast uh, from at three o'clock in the afternoon. That, I guarantee we are awesome. the we are the best Chicago sports radio show in the afternoons in Jerusalem. 
And we should let you know that Cub Spring Training on the Score is sponsored by Sloan, official water efficiency partner of the Chicago Cubs. We're going to talk some football, and then we're going to head down to Indy and talk to our guy Mark Rohde. 312-644-6767 is the number. It's Mully and Haw on the Score. Have we gotten the quarterback situation completely right? No. Have we won enough games? No. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.